in three Americans claim to be happy. That means if you're happy today, the person sitting on either side of you probably isn't. You might want to be careful that they don't rub off on you and ruin it for you. And if two of you are sitting there beside each other both happy, maybe you need to spread out a little bit in the auditorium here and help everybody out. But we struggle with happiness. The world isn't very happy. Have you noticed that? If you look around, I mean, there's a lot of anger and pettiness and a lot of people who are dealing with anxiety and escapism and addictions and drivenness and and all these, these different things. And if you ask them, hey, are you really happy? They'd be like, no, not really. And some people wouldn't even have to think about it, just be, no, not at all. And I'm trying to be, but I don't seem to get there. And we all are trying to get there, aren't we? We all want to be happy. And we all are pursuing that in life. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The sad part, though, is that most of us either pursue the wrong things or we pursue the right things in the wrong way, or somehow along in the process, we don't get it all figured out. And so we sit here unhappy. And so that's the question for you this morning. How happy are you? How happy are you today if if we had to put it on a scale, 1 to 10? Where would you put yourself? I'm a 1, I'm a 5, I'm a 10. Where would you put yourself on the happiness scale? I've got good news today. Actually, it's God that has good news, and He he calls it good news, as we're going to see when we look at this passage in just a minute. But the good news is this, that God has the solution to our problems, and God actually has a solution to our happiness problems too. Here's what's better news. Not only does God have a solution to our happiness problem, God is actually a problem solver. That means he doesn't just sit up in heaven waiting for the phone to ring and like, you know, we dial in. And like, God, could you help us out? Dial in. We don't dial in anything anymore, do we? Okay, we, uh, you know, hit favorites or whatever it is and, uh, and punch it in there. But God doesn't pick up the phone and say, hey, what's your question? How can I help you? God actually aggressively goes in search of us and aggressively seeks to solve our problems. Because that's what he's like. And so when we come to this problem of joy, God says, I realize you have a problem with your happiness, but not only do you have a problem, I'm going to do something about your problem, and I'm going to step into your story, and I'm going to solve your problem, and the solution to your problem is this. Are you ready? It's one word. Christmas. That is the solution to your happiness problem, or if you like joy problem, whatever it is. Christmas is not just the solution, it's God's solution to the problem that we have. Every year when Christmas rolls around, we get a little hint of this, don't we? We start to feel a little bit more happiness, a little bit more joy, a little bit more excitement. We have parties and we play games, we get together with families and friends, and and we start to um, really focus on and enjoy the relationships in life. Or we turn on the tunes and crank up the radio or, or Spotify or whatever it is that we're listening to. And, and maybe we sing along or we decorate our houses inside and we put up the Christmas trees and we hang the stockings. Or, or we go outside and we see how really garish we can make the outside of our house look. Or lame, you know, there's, there's, there's not really such a thing as a tastefully decorated outside house for Christmas, if you notice that. A few people pull it off, but most of us aren't that good. 
But we get into the spirit, we get into the mood, and we go to the mall, and we see sin, and we bake cookies, and we buy presents for people we love, and then we also buy presents for people we're related to. (laughs) And we throw our change in the red kettles, and we try to find some people around us who who might need a little extra help, and and we kind of take on the cheer of the season, and sometimes we let people go in front of us in line or or cut in front of us in traffic, and we even start talking to strangers. Have you noticed this? And we look at them and we say things like, well, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, or or whatever the phrase is that you like to, and we start to experience some level of this Christmas joy, and it's a great thing, and we all love Christmas, and part of the reason that we love Christmas is because of the joy that it brings. And we look forward to it because the feeling level goes up. The happiness meter starts to go up. And Christmas is a great thing until you get to Christmas night. And it's over. And you start to pack it up. And you start to move the stuff out from under the tree. And if you know, uh, and as the week goes on, and maybe by New Year's, you put it all back in the box and and you put all the decorations and it all goes in the garage or the closet or the attic or the basement, wherever you happen to put it. And we put Christmas away. But in the process of putting Christmas away, we have a tendency to put the joy away too. And we're like, we feel let down because it's over and it's like it's 12 months away and we have to wait for it to get there. Here's the idea. When God came up with this idea of Christmas, He knew that it would bring joy, and that was part of the plan. But I don't think God intended for us to put the joy back in the box and put it away for 11 months until we pull it out again next December 1st or whenever you happen to start celebrating Christmas. Because Christmas didn't come with an end date. So I want to talk about joy this December. And every week we're going to come in here and we're going to talk about joy from a different perspective and how we can experience more joy in our lives. But I also want to talk about it, not just that you can experience it through Christmas and have a better Christmas this year, but that so we can make some changes in our lives and our hearts and our thinking so that joy can be something that we experience, not just in December, but something that we can experience all year long. And so we're going to be looking at some different places to find joy. Starting with today, we're going to start by looking in the story and finding joy in the story. So if you would, turn with me to Luke chapter 2, the familiar Christmas story. We're not going to start at verse number 1. We're going to start actually at verse number 8, where we introduce the shepherds into the story. Because I have a feeling that there may have been some joy issues going on with the shepherds. And I only say this because of how the angels actually approached and addressed the shepherds and what they had to say. But it says this in Luke 2, verse number 8, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, which I would be too, right? And the angel said to them, though, don't fear. Behold, I bring you good news. Now let's just stop there for a second and think about this. It's been 400 years since God has communicated directly to His people. It's been 400 years since the Old Testament was finished, Malachi. And before this story appears here, 
in, in Luke and in Matthew, there's been 400 years of silence. And now God decides to speak into the story and He sends angels with a specific message and He says, "I'm." the angels come and they say, we're bringing this message of good news. But what do you think the good news would be then after 400 years? Good news of what? Good news of love, right? For, for finally the people are to hear God say, oh, I love you, and, and to hear that again. Or maybe it would be good news of reconciliation. You know... You haven't heard from me for a while, and part of that is because of this whole like issue that we have going on in our relationship. And I'm going to send a son, and he's going to change the world. He's going to go to the cross and, and raise again, and, and there's going to be reconciliation. So I bring you good news of reconciliation. That's not what gets said. Good news of forgiveness, maybe. Good news of favor, you know, um, people here in, in Bethlehem, in, in the greater Bethlehem region here, I've got good news of, uh, of favor that I'm bringing, or peace, or even deliverance. But what does he say? The good news is of what? Great joy. Of all the good news that God was bringing, and He was bringing all those things as good news, but of all the good news that he was bringing, he said, here's what I want you to pay attention to. I am bringing you joy. And so the Christmas story is God's good news of joy and great joy, or we could actually say this in the language that we use today, extreme joy. That's what it's about. It's about extreme joy. And so the angels are announcing that what? Joy is here. It has arrived. It's landed. You don't have to wonder what happened to it. It's here and present in the moment. And that joy that arrived back then is still here today. There's nothing that's changed about that. And so all these other things are valid that came with it, but joy was the big deal. Well, why was joy such a big deal? When it could have been those other things, I think you have to step way back in the story and go back to the very beginning when Adam and Eve arrived on earth, where God forms Adam out of, of, of the dust of the ground and Eve from, from Adam, and he puts them in a garden to live. You ever thought about the place where they lived? It was the most beautiful spot on earth. And if you've ever been out in nature and said, oh wow, that is incredible, I think that is what the garden would have been like. And so they lived in this beautiful place, got to enjoy nature. They could basically eat anything they wanted. There was one restriction which was not a big deal, it shouldn't have been a big deal, because they had incredible options, incredible food and fruit and all these things they could eat whenever they wanted. It was just hanging there. I mean, Adam had a great wife. She was the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> and, and I think they had a great relationship. I mean, they, they were created by God without sin. And so you, you look at that part of their story and, and he's got a great... He's got a job too. God said, I put you in the garden here to take care of it. And that was going to be for his enjoyment. And the garden wasn't cursed at that point. And so whatever he was doing there, that was going to be challenging and rewarding. He had this purpose to know God and to worship God and experience God. And think about this, it didn't even snow back then. I mean, he had a great life. In fact, if you really look at the story and think about it, man was made for enjoyment. 
God didn't put them in a place to say, boy, I hope you like it there, but it's going to be pretty miserable, but you know, chin up, guys. He put them in a place where it would be easy to find joy. He put them in a place that was literally the happiest place on earth. You know, with my apologies to, to Walt Disney in Disneyland. Because God wanted it that way. In fact, we can say it this way. Man was made, or man was created for joy. That was one of God's purposes when He created man. Why else would He put him in an a environment like that? Why else would He put him in relationship like this? I mean, He can walk and talk to God. He, man was created for joy, and you and I were created for joy. Not only that, we were created by a joyful God. Think about that. We oftentimes talk about all the different attributes of God. You know, God is holy, or, or God is sovereign, or God is immutable, or God is omniscient. Do you ever say God is joyful? But joy comes from somewhere, and joy comes from the source of be God, and God is a joyful God. And so we have a joyful God who creates man, and He says to man, I'm going to put you in an incredible atmosphere and environment and circumstances so that you can experience joy. And what happens? Somehow man decides that he's not quite happy enough, and the serpent comes along, and the enemy deceives him, and man sinned, and with his sin he lost his innocence. And that's where we usually go, right? When we talk about the fact that man fell in the garden, he became sinful, he lost his innocence, and he experienced things like guilt, and he experienced things like the curse, and he experienced things like the judgment. But he didn't just lose his innocence. He also lost his joy. And he also then experienced things like shame and fear and anxiety and regret and frustration and distrust and inadequacy and all of these negative things. We talk about the fall and how it affected man spiritually. It also affected man emotionally. And our enjoyment got messed up in the process and what happened is all this joy that was created for us and in us starts to leak out. And the challenge to us becomes trying to fill up the, the, the joy faster than it can leak out. Have you noticed that? So, you know, Luke and I went to the parade and we could have a lot of fun seeing the parade and we, we hung in there till the bitter end and Santa came down the street and, and we cheered. But you know, then the parade was over, right? And so then you got to go find the next thing to, to put back up there because this joy starts to, to leak out. Well, the angels come and they say, what joy is here? The joy has come and the leak has been stopped, is the idea here. And that is the good news because joy is back. And then notice what it says with the rest of this verse. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Joy is here for everyone. We're calling this series 100% Christmas Joy. And it's not that you can experience 100% joy in your life, although maybe you can. We're calling it 100% Christmas Joy because we want 100% of the people sitting in this room and 100% of people that are part of this church to be experiencing joy at this Christmas season. Because that's what the angel said here is it's for all people. It's for 100%. It's not for one in three. It's not for two in three. It's for three out of three. 
And joy is here for everyone. He goes on in verse number 11, For under you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this is what's going to bring us joy, right? This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And that's this next point. Joy is found in the story. In fact, that's the key idea of Christmas, according to the angels, joy. That's what we're going to be exploring for the next month, is joy. But there's a couple things that I want to say today. First of all, I want to give you permission to experience joy, because that's what you were made for. It's not wrong to be happy. Actually, right. It's not wrong to have fun. That was God's plan. It's not wrong to enjoy pleasure. It's not wrong to be merry. It's actually right. The problem is how we pursue that, and sometimes not in how we pursue it, but what we pursue those things. But we can have permission to have joy. And so this Christmas, if you're struggling with joy, here's the message from the angels. It's here. It's available. It's for you. Feel free. Grab as much as you want. And then secondly, I just wanted to take some time this morning to look at this story and say, where can we find joy in Christmas, in the story itself, and give you five reasons for joy. And so here's the first one. God knows where you live. I love this part of Christmas, and we talk about it a lot, that when God came to announce to the world that Jesus had come, who did he come to? The shepherds. That nobody paid attention to. Shepherding was a job that you took if you couldn't find a job anywhere else. It was considered the bottom rung, the the lower parts of society. The shepherds were the obscure, they were the marginalized, they were probably the poor. They were at the bottom of the totem pole. And yet when it came time for the announcement, God came and said, "Uh, I'm going to tell you first. So here's a reason for joy this morning. Regardless of how obscure you may feel like you are, even to God, or how unimportant, or how marginalized, or or whatever, the good news is that God knows exactly where you live. And that's a reason for joy, because when you're going through life thinking that nobody's paying attention, that nobody cares, that nobody knows anything about you, that's not true. See, God knows everything about you. He knows where you live, not just physically. He does know your address. You know, your house, which bedroom's yours, which side of the bed you sleep on. He knows all that. But He also knows where you live as far as what's going on in your story at work, or what's going on in your marriage, or or what's going on in your health, or what's going on in whatever's going on in your story. God knows where you live. And He can, it's not that He can find you at any time, He can make Himself known at any time. He doesn't have to find you. And so you can experience joy right here and right now, because He has come to you exactly where you live. You think about this with the shepherds? They came out of this story, and you can read on here a little bit later on in the passage, they came out of this story pretty excited telling everybody. But what had changed? They were still shepherds. They were going back to the hillside. It was probably still night. And they, you know, there wasn't anything particular that had changed in their circumstances other than the fact they understood a new reality. And that's that they weren't by themselves and they weren't alone and they weren't forgotten. There was a God who was tuned in to their story. 
And if you've come here this morning and you're struggling with joy, and one of the reasons you're struggling with joy is because you feel forgotten or shut out or cut off from God, it's not true. And that's what Christmas is about. It's about the fact that God knows where you live. Secondly, heaven has come to earth. And this is really important for us to think about because I think we get our our theology confused and scrambled here a little bit. We talk an awful lot about going to heaven someday. And we live with that thought in mind, well, i got to get through this, and I need to, all of my different things that we say because I'm going to heaven someday. And we comfort ourselves with this, and we look in that direction, and that's fine. I'm not dismissing that idea. But we miss this, that there's actually more in the Bible about heaven coming to us than there is about us going to heaven. That's what this story is. This is Jesus coming to earth. This is heaven coming down. This is Jesus setting up His kingdom. And He talks about that, the kingdom of God. He brought that with Him. He established it on the earth and it's here. And it's been here ever since Jesus arrived. So He comes down to us he went back to heaven. The Holy Spirit comes down to us. We look for, we call it Christmas Advent. And the reason we, we call it the first Advent, the whole idea of Advent is that Jesus is coming again. And He's going to come down to us. Again, if you get to Revelation, at the end of the story, verse number 20, uh, chapter number 21, it says this. Let me read it for you. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. They will be His people. God Himself will be their God. The Christmas story is about the fact that heaven has come down. And we are actually living in the realm of that even today. That hasn't changed. And what that is, it's the realm of the invisible that we can't see, and it's, it's the realm of the promise that God is with us at all times. And it's the realm where the supernatural is taking place, but heaven has come down. And so when you live in this world, it's not just the physical, natural things that you can see and feel and experience. Heaven's here with us. That's the story of, of Christmas. And so as we deal these, with these things, we don't deal with them alone. We deal with them in the presence of heaven, as it were. The third thought here. Night is no match for light. When we feel joyless, oftentimes we describe our lives as dark. Sometimes we describe as the dark night of the soul. We'll use that term. And that's probably a pretty good description. Maybe that's how you feel today. That it's like so far from you and you are so isolated and you're so cut off and it's so hopeless and it's like you look around and you can't see any see anything that's exciting or joyful or just everything has kind of a sour taste to it. Here's the truth of this story. 
Night is no match for light. This story took place in the night, but day was coming. And it always does. And when God created the world, He created it that way, that there would be night, but there would be morning. And every 24 hours, the sun pops up again. And the, and the, the Scriptures refer to this, the fact that, that, that morning will come. But every once in a while, God does something even bigger and better, and He just goes ahead and interrupts the night and says, how about now? How about if I bring some light into your story right now? And so some shepherds who are out on the hillside in some darkness, waiting maybe for morning, maybe even waiting for the morning of the soul, God says, how about right now? I step in here and bring some light into your story. Because He can do that at any single moment. And so we can have joy this morning because whatever the night is, we know it won't last forever. And maybe it will run its course and we'll have to wait for morning. But sometimes God says, we're not waiting for morning. Sometimes He just steps right in and says, hey, right here, right now, let's go. And so your night doesn't have to last forever and it won't last forever because of Christmas. And that's a reason for joy. Here's another reason for joy. Jesus is the Savior. A Savior has been born to you, is what the angel said. And that Savior came to save them from what? Their sins, right? But He also came to save them from their sorrows. Isaiah talks about that. Surely He has borne our sorrows. When Jesus came, it wasn't just to fix us spiritually. It was to fix us wholly and entirely. And sometimes we talk about the fact that... um, We have this sin problem when we need Jesus to solve it. We have a joy problem too. And the coming of Jesus was to come and solve that joy problem. And sure, we can do things about that. And we're going to suggest some things in just a minute here. But at the very basic level, we need God to bring joy into our stories. You ultimately can't do it for yourself. The Creator who pumped joy into you to start with we need Him to pump that joy in again. But with all the, all the holes filled in so that the, the leak doesn't happen, that's what we're talking about here with the Christmas story. And He comes and He redeems us, but He doesn't just redeem us spiritually. He redeems us in other ways as well. So Jesus comes to bring us joy. And I would just say with that, if you're struggling with joy this morning, you can simply ask for that. Jesus, you are the bringer of joy. Please bring more joy into my situation, into my thinking, into my story right now. And here's the last thought this morning. Joy can be an everyday thing. Not just a Christmas thing. There's that little phrase when they're born this day. The point here is, on this day in history, things changed. And we're going in a different direction from now because of this day, the next day can be the same and the next day and the next day and the next day. This day got this string of days started. And this string of days starts with Jesus coming, but starts with Jesus bringing joy into the story. And that's why it's good news of great joy. That means that we can't, we don't have to just limit Christmas to the 25 days of December or however you extend it in either direction. But it means that after that first Christmas day, 
Joy has been available every single day. And we can live in that joy. Well, as we go through the next 25 days, I thought it was great that, that we start on December 1st here on a Sunday. Isn't that perfect? That's how it should be every, every Christmas season. But we have something we want to pass out to you. And so we've got some people who are going to help distribute this. And this is a packet that's going to look like this. It says 100% Christmas joy, and this is for you to take home, and for you to experience some joy this Christmas. And in this packet are 25 cards that look a little bit like this and have a nice little Christmas design on the front. And then on the back, there's some instructions. So they're going to pass these out. These are basically one per family. Uh, if, you, if you want more than one, you're more than welcome to them. And if you don't get one, they'll be at the back on the way out. But here's the idea. That every day that you get your... It's like This is like my version of the Advent calendar. You can get your packet and you pull the one out and it has one on it, so that's for December 1st. That's for today. And it has an instruction on it of how you can experience some joy in your life. And some of these things are just really simple things. And you may look at them and say, well, that's not very spiritual. Well, think about this, all right? The fact that God created us for joy, so anything that brings joy into our lives, as long as it's not outside you know, boundaries of Scripture here, anything that brings us joy in our lives is a good thing that God wants us to experience. So, if you go with today, it's day one, it says crank up the tunes. Music has a way of lifting the spirits, so put some on. Maybe you like Christmas music, maybe you like worship music, but intentionally listen to music today. What are your three favorite songs? Listen to them today, because we want to experience joy. When you get to day number two, that's tomorrow, you can read it for yourself. And then as you complete these, you can do whatever you want. If you want to put it back in the packet, that's fine. If you want to put them on your refrigerator and you can, you know, put day one up there. Or maybe you want to put them all up there and as you get them there, you can flip them over. I don't care. However you want to do this. But I encourage you to go through these things. And so there will be 25 different ways that you can experience a little bit of joy in your season, in your Christmas. Now this also follows along with your growth guide loosely. But I just realized this this morning. It's going to be a day behind. Because tomorrow's devotion is going to be about music in your life, all right? So I forgot when I was doing that that I needed to start with day two. So anyhow, you'll just get a little reminder of how you should have had joy the day before if you're following along with your growth guide or if you just want to skip ahead and do like, you know, tomorrow if you don't do Mondays, you do Tuesdays or whatever. You can do it however you want. But these are for you and these are for us. Because we all could use a little bit more joy in our lives. And these are simple ideas, but I think simple is sometimes good. But I want us to be focused on all the reasons for joy. There's a lot of reasons to not have joy. I get that. But there's a lot of reasons that we can have joy. And some of them are not all that profound. Some of them are really, really simple. But they're gifts from a good God who created you to experience joy. And He wants that to be true this season. So find some joy in your story. Remember that God knows where you live. Remember that heaven has come down. We live in the supernatural right now. With a God who's always doing things that we can't even see. He's always aware of, but He's always at work. 
because the kingdom's here. Remember that night can end at any moment. Remember that we have a Savior who can not only save us from our sins, but He can save us from our sorrows. And then finally, remember that joy is available every day.